on today's episode of the Blue Bloods. It's back to just me and Zach. How exciting is that? Uh, we have our pick six recap, uh, upset of the week, top performers, dumpster fires, risers and movers, hot seat, and an all-new segment, look good, play good. You know how we love new segments. Uh, so let's go ahead and get it started. So to go ahead and kick off our week, Zach and I improved a little bit on our pick six. Um, yeah, we, we didn't go three and three each. So let's go ahead and get take a look at Texas Tech at Oklahoma this weekend. Um, Oklahoma wins this one pretty big, 55-16. Is there anything that stood out to you, Zach? Yeah, Jalen Hurts keeps rolling. Uh, I'm losing words each week to talk about this kid. Um we're going to have to stop covering Oklahoma games just to give us, give like our listeners and us a breather from talking about Jalen Hurts each week. Uh, he only had 24 passing attempts, but still threw for 415 yards and three touchdowns. I, I, I don't understand how this kid's going to lose to Hosman because he also has personality on his side and people rooting for him. So I think. I think the husband's a wrap as I've already talked about, but Jalen Hurts just keeps going and going and going. And this Oklahoma team is going to go as far as he takes him. Oh, absolutely. And it's not just Jalen Hurts either. I mean, he threw for three touchdowns this Saturday, but all three of those touchdowns were thrown to CD lamb. I mean, this guy is a grown man. Yeah. I I completely agree. And I mean, everyone talks about that he had the same wide receiving core at Alabama than he does now, but I don't think those players were as developed as, the, as you see now when you watch Alabama play. And I think C.D. Lamb is just showing you guys what Jalen Hurts can do with just serious, I guess, take the top off the defense talent. But the thing that catches, you know, that I think about with this Oklahoma team is what is what is your true opinion on this team, Brandon? I mean, they haven't really played a lot of steep competition. And can, do we, can we really expect Jalen Hurts to throw for 400 yards on everybody and put up 50 points a game? I mean, as long as they're playing in the Big 12, I think that there's a, there's a strong case that we can keep looking for that. Um, I understand that not all defenses are Texas Tech's defense, you know. Or, but um, – he, he's not playing against very strong defenses, let's face it, um, until we get into, uh, you know, maybe if Oklahoma makes the college football playoff, we can see them play a little bit out of conference, play some stronger opponents. Um, I think they will be tested against Texas here in two weeks. So that, that watch out for that game. That one's going to be super exciting. Uh, one of the best games of the year always, in my opinion, the Red River rivalry. Uh, so watch for that game. Uh, we've got Texas DBU coming in uh, to face <laughs> – uh, to face Jalen Heisman and his crew. Uh, and that's right. I'm going to still call him Jalen Heisman, regardless of how Zach has him ranked. Yeah. Um, the one thing I wanted to get to about this game is the horrible performance by Texas Tech. As good as Oklahoma was, Texas Tech just played a horrible game. 
They only had 122 yards passing. For a team like Texas Tech that has a history of throwing for 600 yards per game, I don't understand how that happens because Oklahoma's defense I don't think is very good. And they went one for 14 on third downs. I don't understand how you go one for 14 against any defense, but especially Oklahoma's terrible defense. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think we can chalk that up to Texas Tech being a basketball school now. So they aren't really worried about football. They're moving on to basketball. It's the next big thing. (laughs) All the kids know it. That's true. And the last thing I I have to say about this game, you know, outstanding performance by Oklahoma, but they have to clean up their the little things for I think them to compete for a national championship they had nine penalties for 114 yards that can't happen against really good competition you're not beating teams like Clemson Alabama LSU Georgia um, Ohio State having nine penalties for over 100 yards and they only went three for nine on third downs uh, a lot of these teams that are at the top of the rankings that these that Oklahoma will be competing for a national title with they have really strong defenses that are really good at stopping people on third down. And if you're going three for nine against uh, Texas Tech, it's not going to bode well for you when you get to steeper competition. So as impressive as Oklahoma has been, in my opinion, I think they still have a lot of just little technical things that they need to clean up to really be a true contender. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there. Um but hopefully we'll see the progression throughout the rest of the year. Uh, we'll see how, you know, if their defense can improve at all. And we'll see if this offense just keeps on clicking the way that they are clicking. I mean, and I think I mentioned this about LSU um, in, in a past episode. I'm not positive. But, I mean, as long as Oklahoma's offense is putting up 50 points a game, that's, that's going to be hard to beat. I mean, you know, if you beat a team 50 to 35, that's the same as winning 21 to 6 against a team. I mean, it's a 15 point victory. So uh, we'll see how Oklahoma progresses throughout the rest of the season. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. We have USC visiting Washington. And wow, were we wrong about this one? Um, yeah, I actually was not wrong. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, uh, we was uh, me and my, my, my heart. Yeah. Yeah, his heart was wrong. My analytics uh, are correct again. In case you guys didn't know, um, posted the records today on social media. Five and one for me this week. Brandon will win a measly four and two. I mean, we're even um, on the season. Yeah, completely even on the season. Trust me, guys, we don't plan that. We don't care what our records are. We go with who we actually think is going to win the game. For us to be even after five weeks of picking games is blows my mind. But to get back to the game at hand, the biggest takeaway for me was another USC quarterback takes a step back after having a breakout performance. We we saw it with Keaton Slovis in the BYU game, which was his second game starting, where he came out and cost USC a win. And here comes Matt Fink doing the same thing, only throwing for 163 yards and three interceptions. Uh, you cannot go on the road and beat a good Washington team throwing three interceptions. The offense lacked rhythm. They never seem to really figure it out. And the whole game, they just, they, to me, they look disjointed. And uh, honestly, Washington just looked like the better team, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's because they were the better team. Uh, they somehow tricked me and my dumb brain into thinking they weren't a great team because they lost to Cal, which Cal lost this week. So, I mean, I guess there goes the Pac 12. No, no undefeated teams left. Uh, <laughs> 
But no, I don't. I guess all I can say is that I can't wait to see who USC's fourth string quarterback is and see what kind of game he has next week. Yeah, you figured at halftime they were just they were just pulling people out of the stands, seeing that they could throw the football. Because all it takes is a little bit of surprise, and USC seems to pull it out, and then you just throw it up to the wide receivers like Michael Pittman, and he just balls on people. But uh, another thing I saw was Jacob Eason. He wasn't spectacular, but he managed the game, and he didn't. And you know what the saying is: you just want your quarterback not to lose a game like this, and he didn't. He threw for. 180 yards, no turnovers. He didn't have a touchdown, but they leaned on the running game. And Jacob Eason got this offense up and down the field and had a pretty decent game. Um, actually very impressed with this Washington team. And I can see – and I, I really think as of right now, they're the Pac-12 favorites in my opinion. I agree with you. Um, I don't see another team that's better than them. You know, if you would have asked me a week ago, I might have said Washington State, even coming off of that loss against UCLA. But, I mean, after – we'll talk about that later. Um, it, it's it's definitely not Washington State. Utah might be a team to worry about in the Pac-12, but for right now I honestly think Washington has to be the favorites. Yeah, especially with the consistency in the past too. I mean, Washington has been, you know, a Pac-12 favorite for, what, three, four years now. And outside of a, a Auburn loss last year, you know, they could probably could have competed for a playoff spot. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, they've been a good team year in, year out. Um, and they made the playoff in the past. It's not like this is their, you know, this wouldn't be their first appearance. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I believe they lost to Alabama the year they made it. That's I mean, a that's terrible draw. Yeah. So t- and they lost to Alabama and Atlanta, if I remember right, which uh, it's home field advantage all day. But <laughs> I, I think this Washington team made a pretty big statement. I think Clay Hilton needs to watch his back at this point. Um, three and two, still a very tough schedule. I believe they still have Notre Dame coming up, and USC's got to figure it out. They they need to find a quarterback that can play consistently week in and week out because you can't just be fitting in quarterbacks randomly into your system where the offense is going to stall out like we saw this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to win games when your quarterback doesn't have – I mean, he, he has – uh, one passing touchdown, which came in garbage time. I mean, that wasn't – I mean, I don't even want to give him that stat. I don't even want to give him that touchdown. He had that touchdown with two minutes left in the game. Well, I mean, when Washington's up by three touchdowns, I mean, any throw to Michael Pittman. I mean, that man's going to go up and catch the ball. He's not going to drop that. So, it's – I don't know. They, they've got to do something. They've got to figure something out. It's not like – I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was, that's a wrap for the Pac-12 guys hope they look forward to basketball and baseball season and softball I guess their softball is pretty good right I mean UCLA is pretty dominant so no yeah. we're not a softball podcast but Pac-12 yeah, Pac-12 listeners can just tune out but it's 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 real conferences from now on guys real com- wow that, those are fighting words I think okay let's go ahead and move <laughs> on let's go ahead and move on I'm gonna go ahead and call this an ACC matchup because we all know uh, is, we have Virginia visiting Notre Dame um, this weekend. And I guess down goes the ACC as well. They have one undefeated team left in Clemson. And that's just a whole nother story. I don't even, well, I don't know what happened. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. I'm sure. But um, <laughs> yeah. we def we definitely will guys. But uh, 
Notre Dame pulls one out at home, 35 to 20. I think this the same thing can go for Ian Book as went for Jacob Eason. Um, he was consistent, uh, not explosive. He didn't win the game, but he didn't lose on the game. And with Notre Dame, I think you find that a lot. He had 165 yards, no turnovers. But I think for Notre Dame to compete for a playoff spot, he's going to have to find an explosion factor. He's going to have to start making plays rather than just managing the game. Uh, you don't win national championships with game managers. You may, you win national championship with playmakers. Right. But let's talk about Tony Jones Jr. for a second. All of a sudden, Notre Dame has a running back after the first – I guess it took, them, it took them three games to find him, but – Tony Jones Jr., 18 carries for 131 yards and three touchdowns. That What? Up until this yeah. game, Ian Book was their leading <laughs> rusher. That's what I was saying. Like, literally in my notes, I said, hello. Hello, running game from for, North, <laughs> for, for Notre Dame. Like, I, I, I just was like, where did that come from? Like, I, I watched part, bits and pieces of this game, and – at the end of the game, I was like, you know, it looked like they ran the ball pretty well. And I looked up the stat, and I was like, oh, okay, that that works, that works. And <laughs> Notre Dame's going to have to be more consistent with their running game as well to compete for a national championship because the performance they put up against Georgia was abysmal. Abysmal. You love that word. Um, it's, a, it's a great it, – dude, that's a GRE word. We're going <laughs> to – we're going to start a new segment called Vocabulary with Zach. Um, hey, guys. So, so I'll, I'll take over that calculus account, and we'll, we'll make it an ACT slash GRE prep account, and we'll, we'll go over vocabulary. God, you're such a nerd, dude. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. With, with the amount of, of trash we were talking about during this game, we were talking about Virginia being so bad, and we don't understand how the line was so close for this game. Or I don't even think it was close. I think it was 12 and a half. But we didn't know how it was that close. They had me sweating for a second, especially at halftime um, when they were leading seventeen to fourteen against Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame pulled away in the third quarter. They had a heck of a third quarter. Um, I'm just here to say Bryce Perkins for Virginia, a heck of a quarterback. He had he had over 300 yards passing, two touchdowns. He had two interceptions, but he was carrying this team by himself. He. I think he made enough plays to win, but you can't spot two turnovers to a top 10 team at home. Um, Bryce Perkins played a heck of a game and that, that kid deserves a helmet sticker, whatever you want to give him. But that kid, that kid came to play. It was, it was Virginia's rushing game that let them down. They had four yards rushing this game, guys, four yards. That's one, two, three, four. And if you take away the sacks, it's still only around 35, that that is trash but I think that says more about the Notre Dame defense because last week me and Brandon talked about was the performance against Georgia a fluke and Notre Dame makes another statement man I I I include sacks in the running game I'm not one of those people who think that should be taken away from something else but four yards rushing is outstanding in my opinion that to hold anybody to four yards rushing is very impressive yeah super impressive um but I, I really think that turnovers um, were the X factor in this game for Notre Dame. I mean, we see UVA giving up five turnovers this game. I mean, that includes a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. So, uh, without – I mean, it, I guess if UVA can just hold on to the ball, then maybe this game isn't <laughs> quite as – maybe they don't lose this game by as much. 
if Bryce Perkins doesn't throw two interceptions this game, maybe maybe Virginia's still in this one. I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, Notre Dame had eight sacks, three by one person, who was uh, Julian Okawara. And I I don't know. I mean, I think the sacks played a factor. I mean, after a while, if you're if you're constantly finding yourself on the ground as a quarterback, you're going to take notice and you're going to start trying to force balls and get rid of balls when it's not supposed when you're they're not supposed to be fit into certain areas and. I think that calls Virginia the game. I think if they would have had a running game, it could have taken some of the pressure off Bryce Perkins. But if you can't run the ball, what's stopping those defensive ends from pinning their ears back and getting after the quarterback? Uh, I think it was a great strategy by Notre Dame, and Virginia's got to figure out its offensive line. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, So let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. Uh, We have Ohio State playing Nebraska. Oh, Lord. Can we skip this game? Because this is, I don't <laughs> under, so I really don't man. understand. And here's my tangent of the episode. I'm sure I'll have at least two more. But here's the first one. Why does everyone think that Nebraska was so good coming into the season? It doesn't make sense. I mean, there's absolutely no way that you think that a Nebraska team that won how many games did they won last year? They won three games. Is that right? Three and nine. Three and nine. Three and nine last season. And then everyone has them as their dark horse to win, uh, to win the Big Ten West this year. That's absolutely insane. And then we see them lose to Colorado. We see them, I mean, just play close game after close game this season, uh, playing nobody. And then Ohio State comes out of nowhere, whoops up on them like we, like we predicted. I mean, there was no way this game was going to be close. And then everyone wants to crown Ohio State all of a sudden. They want to put them in their in their college football playoff right now, and I understand Ohio State's a great team. I'm not going to dog them, but they're this isn't a game that we found out about them. I mean, in my opinion, I still don't think that Ohio State's played anybody, and until they play a true opponent, I don't want to put them in my playoff. I mean, I think the Big Ten's a great conference, but I still think that Wisconsin might be a better team than Ohio State. I agree. I'm all on that tangent. I am on the Wisconsin train. Even though they didn't look super great this weekend, we'll might get to that later. They, they had some struggles, but I think that's what happens when you come off a passionate, inspired win against Michigan. Uh, but, I mean, as much as Ohio State hasn't played anybody, in my opinion, from what I've seen, the whole team looks elite, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I Justin Fields is incredible. J.K. Dobbins, I mean – Forget That's about what I'm saying. And then, you, and then you have Austin Mack at wide receiver. You have Bryce Young at defensive end. I mean, they have elite playmakers everywhere. And so I think this team – them and Wisconsin are very similar. I just think Wisconsin I just it has that it factor. They just keep winning. And I think the Wisconsin-Ohio State game, which comes up in about two weeks, I believe, is going to just be – an all-out war, and I am looking forward to that game. I'm ready for that game. I cannot wait yes. for that game. And just based off the tangent you went on, who thought Adrian Martinez was a good quarterback? No one. They were talking. Man. I, uh, dude, okay, I don't care how good the running back is. If your quarterback <laughs> goes 8 for 17, 47 yards, and three interceptions, I don't care if your running back runs for 400 yards. You are losing that game. Yeah. It's. I mean, and why wasn't he benched? 
eight for seventeen for forty-seven yards and three touchdowns, and you just did y'all not have a backup? I would. They they should have just strictly looked at USC's film and saw what happened when you put in backups. <laughs> I that just blows my mind that you allow a starting Power Five quarterback who was supposed to lead you to a Big Ten championship, and he throws three interceptions for less than fifty yards. It's bad. He had more uh, rushing yards than passing yards. <laughs> And he didn't even have that many rushing yards. <laughs> I mean, one. he was their leading rusher. That's that's just embarrassing, man. But on the flip side, Jalen uh, Justin Fields looks every bit of the five star that he was hyped up to be. Yeah, in he's my a great quarterback. I, I mean, four touchdowns yesterday. Over, uh, I think it was almost three hundred total yards. Two two twelve passing, almost uh, I think like of just over seventy five rushing. Beautiful game. I think he is the perfect quarterback for the system, and uh, I might have been wrong. I, I think Ohio State is going to make a run for it, and I think the loser of the Wisconsin-Ohio State game still might have a chance to make the playoff just based off talent alone. But J.K. Dobbins looks – and, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, as much as we hype up Justin Fields sometimes, I think J.K. Dobbins is the best player on this team. Yeah, and I think you'll find a lot of people agree with you there. Um uh, I'm going to stay indifferent here. I think they're both great players. Uh, but, I mean, to watch J.K. Dobbins run down the field just carrying defenders on his back, I mean, just it, uh, it's uh, it's something to see. It's crazy. Yeah, but I don't know if we have any Nebraska listeners here, or Nebraska fans that listen. Shout out Nebraska. That, that is embarrassing. Uh, I, I don't know who thought Scott Frost was going to make this Nebraska team the next UCF and go undefeated. But he's going to need some more time. There, there are talent deficits at every single position on this team, including the so-called running back that was going to lead you guys to the promised land. It ain't happening. You guys, like, they need to go back to the drawing board and get back to recruiting because that they aren't competing for the Big Ten anytime soon, in my opinion. No, absolutely not. No, let's go and move on before we, I guess, <laughs> burst brain like blood vessels in our brains because uh, this is just. I mean, it's grueling. It's it's bad. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this game either. I love Mike Leach so much. But Washington State goes into Utah this weekend and just terrible. Oh, my goodness. I have a, um, so, you know, we have a good bit of listeners now. Uh, I want to issue a MIA, um, MIP, I guess, missing – I don't know how you say it. What, what, what's, like, the missing person alert? It, whatever MIA missing in <laughs> action Saturday night. Yeah, Anthony Gordon. What happened to him? Who stole him and put uh, Joe Flacco up in there? I, Joe I Flacco. Just, I, I don't know <laughs> what happened. Joe Flacco with one arm. I don't know. Anthony Gordon looked terrible. He he just kind of came off a nine touchdown like seven hundred yard game. He goes for two fifty two and two interceptions on forty nine attempts. It's bad. That. Not seriously good. seriously ah uh, that just oh that frustrated me and i talked him up so much this is the only game i lost of the during the week guys and i'm furious <laughs> I, I am ready to fight mike leach I'll, i will get the you we'll have a rifle hey, we're not no no matter. we're not gonna fight mike leach no we're not, <laughs> not on this podcast <laughs> hey all i know is the you traded in for a rifle and that cougar got shot right between the eyes Apparently, um, man, is- that that was, t- but on the on, just on another note, guys, Tyler Huntley played a heck of a game for Utah. 
334 yards and two touchdowns, and he only threw the ball 30 times. So Anthony Gordon threw it 19 more times and had almost 100 yards less than um, Tyler Huntley. The kid looked amazing. Uh, I loved how he played. I watched most of this game since, you know, it was the Pac-12 after dark. I've been telling you guys stay up for these games. It wasn't as exciting, but Utah looked great. The crowd showed up. I was very impressed. It was a rainy game at the beginning. I believe, if I remember, it was at the beginning of the game where it was raining. Fans still showed up. The place was packed out. Shout out to Utah. They look great, and they're going to compete with Washington for the Pac-12. Yeah, uh, I definitely think so. Um, I mean, obviously, we see uh, we see a Utah team without Zach Moss, and that's <laughs> that's even more of a testament to just how how I don't know if they're really good or if Washington State's just not good. I mean, they did drop a game to UCLA. I thought that was a fluke, and then they come in and just get stomped by Utah. Um, but I guess Utah. Yeah, good you too. have to. You have to wonder where the motivation was, though, man. I mean, you go out there and play a flawless game for three and a half quarters and then get beat by the worst, one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, I don't know if their focus was there this week, to be honest with you, because they played real sloppy. They had two turnovers, three for 12 on third downs, nine, oh, nine penalties for almost 70 yards. Yeah. Sloppy, sloppy game. Yeah, you you know can't that, do that on the road. You know that half their team just saw what uh, Derek King did in Houston, and they were like, can we do that? And then they decided against it, and then they only practiced for half the week, and then they came out and just got whooped up on by by a bunch of people from Utah. Uh, so, oh, God. Mike Leach, what, what an electric factor uh, this guy is. It, I don't know, man. Uh, I think stuff like this is going to be what keeps him from getting a bigger Power 5 job, honestly. As good as some his teams look, a lot of the time they always they they just come out flat some years and some games, and I think that's what's holding him back from advancing his career to the heights that it really could have went to. Yeah, I can't wait for this twenty four seven college football to come out on October ninth. So I guess that's next. I guess it's a week from uh, Wednesday. But yeah, dude, I can't wait to see this locker room because it's going to be the most electric thing in the world. Um, yeah, I don't have I'm any more for that this game, so I'm going to move on. Uh, next, and this is our final matchup. This is the one that we had our guest on for. We have Kansas State at Oklahoma State. And I don't know why I chose Kansas State. I think it was tied with our guest. Um, great team. Don't get me wrong, but it's just they, they played against Oklahoma State. I mean, Chuba Howard ran for 300 yards, and I don't know how I thought that wouldn't happen. <laughs> and he ran for a 12-yard average, 12 yards per carry. I mean, that's – I'm sorry, man. I think he has an argument to be the best running back in the country. Yeah. Sorry, Jonathan Taylor, but this kid is right there with him, in my opinion. I, I, he is amazing. And then to add that with Tylen Wallace, I mean, he looked good too. Had 145 yards, 18.1 yards per catch. That, that was pretty solid, man. Pretty, uh, that's I pretty can't okay. argue with that one. <laughs> I'm not mad. Yeah, I mean – but to be fair, guys, so we'll highlight some K-State things here. Their offense was dreadful. I mean, horrible. But to be fair, their star wide receiver, Malik Knowles, who had the big kickoff return against Mississippi State and was their leading receiver coming in, hampered by injury, did not travel. I think that played a huge role. Um, and I know we talked about with our guests uh, that Skylar Thompson has to step up this game. Yeah, to, 
to, I guess it'd be not, I guess it'd be kind to say that he really didn't in a nice, <laughs> uh, I don't even know, uh, 11 for 23, 118 yards, had a 15.3 QBR. I don't yeah. know about you guys. If you have a 15 anything, that's pretty, that's pretty terrible. I mean, that's terrible on the ACT. And that, I had low <laughs> scores. So, Skylar Thompson did not do well on his QBR or ACT, uh, however you want to look at it. And the run game was just average, only th- 3.9 yards per carry, and nobody ran for over 50 yards. Yeah, not not a great look for Kansas State. Um, and, and you have to – I mean, you have to think that uh, with Malik Noel not traveling, that maybe that had an effect on – I don't know. I guess I guess in the locker room, in a way, maybe they weren't ready to perform as well, knowing that you know a teammate wasn't traveling or something. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, the crowd was great. Uh, shout out to Oklahoma State people, as as John said on our preview episode. That stadium is rocking. It can get loud, and the fans showed up, and that place was sold out. So shout out to Stillwater, Oklahoma, but. The last thing I have to say about this game, I don't have a lot of thoughts about this game. It was pretty clear who the better team was, in my opinion, is the Oklahoma, this Oklahoma State team could be dangerous this year and next year. Um, if, if, if their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, can fix his interception problems and Chuba Howard and Tyler Wallace just keep being themselves, this team can reach huge heights to compete with Oklahoma and Texas for the Big 12, in my opinion. And – People forget uh, Spencer Sanders is only a redshirt freshman, so he'll be back next year. And Chuba Howard and Tylen Wallace can both return to school next year. So if they can return everybody and get a little bit more experience, this team could be Big 12 champs next year with Oklahoma set to lose Jalen Hurts and a lot of talent and Texas set to lose a lot of talent too. This Oklahoma State team could be the favorites in the Big 12 this year, and they really have a shot this year if they can put everything together. Yeah, I don't want to say they have a shot this year. I think they are a good team. Um, you know, we saw them drop the game uh, to Texas, obviously. Um, I, my main question is, how are they not ranked before this week? <laughs> I mean, they moved into the AP Top 25 this week. They're number 21 now. But the, they only dropped one game, and that was to an in-conference opponent. Yeah, I think they were ranked before they lost, if I'm not mistaken. And then they lost, and they dropped out. And insane. Yeah, and then they came back in. I don't know. I don't think you should. I don't think they should have dropped out with the loss to Texas on the road in Austin in a pretty close game. They lost by six. So I think yeah. the AP the AP voters saw they jumped the gun a little bit, and I'm glad they put them back in. You know, I'll be honest. I don't agree with AP voters in a lot of things. I think that's been made abundantly clear by our top 15 polls. And this is one of the things that I just cannot get on board with. I mean, you drop a team out that lost to – is Texas back in the top ten now? I think they are, right? Uh, I anyway. Think they're, no, they're right outside. Okay, well, whatever. I mean, it's a, it's a Texas team that started out the season in the top <laughs> ten. I mean, they're hovering right around the top ten. They're only losses to LSU. Um, I mean, you lose a game by six to Texas in Austin, and you drop them out of the top 25 for that. I mean, come on. I don't know. I don't have any more thoughts on this game, so I guess we can go ahead and move on to our next segment. Uh, unless you had anything else on that, I'm good, man. I, I think both these teams are going to be good moving forward, and they both just need a little bit more experience. And I think they both are going to be in the in a, in pretty good bowl games this year. So both these fan bases have a lot to look forward to. 
All right. So let's go ahead and move on to our upset of the week recap. Oh, that's good. That's, I'll let you go first. Go ahead. No, don't let me go first because this is a bad, this is a bad beat by me. Uh, maybe we need, I don't know. Should we retire from this <laughs> segment? Because we're, we're not good at it. I don't know. I'm pretty good sometimes, but when I What's miss guys, uh, well, we've done this four weeks now because we did, we didn't do it for week like, one. Like 500. Yeah, I'm like 500 or just over. I'm either three and two or two and two, one of the two. But I don't remember off the top of my head. I will look this up for guys. We'll keep records of upset of the week from now on. But my two misses have been god awful misses. Bad. Yeah. Um, so ugly. <laughs> yeah. So as you guys know, um, I I missed uh, I missed the very first week when it's constant 49 to nothing over South Florida. Not great, guys. Well, as you guys know, I picked Maryland over Penn State. Yeah, so Bad. 59 to nothing Penn State at Maryland. Uh, so that means my my two losses on upset of the week have been outscored 108 to nothing at this point. Um, so good. I, I'm sorry, guys. I'll do better for you guys. I was on the – for a week or two there, I was on track to be killing upsets of the week. See, I was picking real upsets. Brandon was going for those baby upsets with those two and a half point spreads, and she was still missing. Um, okay, but you don't want to say my, that. My biggest takeaway, <laughs> my biggest takeaway from this game is, you know, everyone dubbed Maryland's explosive offense as the future, and they put up a hundred and twenty-eight total yards. They averaged two point eight yards per pass. Two yards per pass, guys. I'll round it up to three. One, two, three. Not great. <laughs> um, they averaged 1.8 yards per rush. I'll round that up to two. One, two, guys. We can count there. My, my uh, newborn babies can get up to two yards per rush. I could have just sneezed and got two yards. Ah, never mind. Uh, I'm getting on a tangent. And they had three turnovers. So my apology is to Penn State fans. Uh, Penn State's. Very underrated, in my opinion. Uh, they they keep All grinding sudden, wins out suddenly, and, and yeah, and they just you know they were they've been grinding wins out against Pitt and other weaker teams, and they have a chance to make a statement in prime time on Friday night, and they eviscerate Maryland. Uh, eviscerate another this, BRE word, by the way. Yeah, guys, we're all we're on our game. We're on our top. Like I guess, I, you know what? For top performers today, I'll be number one with my GRE words. Uh, but yeah, Maryland has a lot work, work, a lot of work to do. I think we might have jumped on the bandwagon too soon, and I think I just was underestimating Penn State. Uh, this team looks really good, and you know they might be in in competition with Ohio State and Wisconsin for this Big Ten title this year. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and disavow. I don't know who we is um, in this conversation, but <laughs> you were not high on Penn State. Do not start with me. I was like, like, they almost lost to Pitt. They, I will pull the records, bro. I will ask myself to use the audio from last week, and I will put you in the dumpster fire segment. This is this is you're out of line, Zach. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on. Uh, I had I had NC State over Florida State. Something about that matchup screamed my name. It said, hey, Brandon, this one cannot lose. You, you need to get back. You're down. You're down. You've been not doing so well at your upsets of the week. Who's <laughs> State? Florida State's not good. <laughs> Willie Taggart's a bad coach. Oh, goodness. So I chose it. You know, my, the last episode I said, you know what, NC State, full faith. Um, 
I know you have, I know they haven't been doing great this year. Um, they lost pretty bad to West Virginia. I mean, they were three and one coming into this week, but I mean, their, their wins were over East Carolina, West Carolina. I didn't even know West Carolina was a school. Um, and Ball State. And then they went into Dope Campbell Stadium and got the mess kicked out of them by Florida State. They lost 31-13. That was a bad beat by me, guys. It wasn't one of my gambling picks, so you can't blame that on me. Uh, our gambling picks did pretty good. We'll probably talk about those because we did good this week. I just want to say, guys, I told Brandon FSU would win this game. So, mic drop on my part. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I mean, I guess I guess Zach's pretty good at guessing when I'm going to be wrong at my upset of the week, um, which is all the time. I mean, I could have guessed that I was going to be wrong. Guys, start fading his picks. If you want to put money on upsets of the week, fade Brandon's picks no. every week. Yeah, listen to that. Go ahead and do that. I'm really bad at it. I mean, I'm not going to try to say that I'm good at it. I mean, I know that I'm not. So, um, Florida State apparently. I don't even want to say they're the better team. I just think they're the luckier team. Um, I don't know what better than NC State is. I guess there's 120 teams in in, in football that are better than NC State. So, yeah, sure. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. Um, we have our top performers. Uh, Zach, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and kick this one off. All right. So, my top performer, as much as this makes me want to throw up, guys, um, I have Devontae Smith, number six wide receiver for Alabama. 11 receptions, 274 yards, and five touchdowns. That is that's beautiful stat line for a wide receiver. I mean, I know it was against Ole Miss, who, you know, the Land Sharks have long been extinct back there. But uh, it, it's, it's, it was a beautiful performance. I watched most of this game. I was flipping between this game and the Clemson game. Beautiful, beautiful performance by Tua and this kid. And the most impressive part – why he's number one for me is he is the most underrated wide receiver on this team. Everyone talks about Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, but here's Devontae Smith putting up record numbers for Alabama and he's shining through all like the coverage that he has with all the other stars on Alabama. So as much as I want to throw up right now, you know, giving an Alabama player this much props, this kid was the best performer of the weekend in my book. And so far this is, easily probably one of the best performance of the year by any player in college football. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a good wide receiver. Um, I think when you're in a wide receiving core that plays rock, paper, scissors to decide who runs what route, you're all pretty good. Um, and he's a standout <laughs> among the bunch. So uh, with my top performer of the week, uh, my number one, I've got Bo Nix and this is Auburn's quarterback who is finally starting to look like a really good quarterback. Um, I'm not going to say he looked like a bad quarterback before. He definitely didn't. But this week was kind of a standout for him. Um, this week against Mississippi State, he threw for 335 yards on 16 completions. I mean, I mean that's insanity. Uh, he, he had 21 attempts, so he only had five incomplete passes. Uh, I mean, that's a 76% completion rate. Two touchdowns. Um, I mean, he really looks like a, like a good SEC caliber quarterback at this point in the season. Uh, I mean, that's something pretty impressive. I mean, he's playing in conference now. Uh, you know, he, he looked he looked okay against Oregon in the first game. I mean, nothing too impressive, at least in my opinion. Uh, and he's just looked better and better every single week since. And I think he's finally setting in. 
And I said this to Zach before we started recording today. Uh, I'm pretty nervous for when, when Auburn visits Death Valley in a couple of weeks uh, at this point. If he can continue to progress the way that he has, this might be a real issue. Yeah, I agree. As much as they weren't my number two top performer, to build off of Brandon, I had Auburn's offense as my third top performer. Um, I promise my last top performer will not be in the SEC. I know I'm killing you guys with SEC knowledge right now. But, you know, Auburn's offense has been considered the weak spot on the team all year. And, you know, like Brandon said, Bo Nix finally clicked. And, you know, he was the leading rusher for Auburn this game as well with 56 rushing yards and a touchdown. Auburn spread the ball out a lot running this game. And, you know, they put it up almost 600 total yards of offense, you know, over 217 yards rushing, 361 passing. And, you know, I think this was a notice to the rest of the SEC because I think a lot of the people, you know, outside of Brandon, you know, the, you know, not very educated fans of the SEC from LSU, Georgia, and Alabama keep saying Auburn hasn't played anybody. Auburn is just Auburn. And, you know, Auburn's played a lot harder schedule than Alabama and Georgia and LSU has at this, to this point. Um, uh, don't argue. Uh, you don't get burned up. Y'all uh, play Utah State this week. Go go sit. Go sit back in your. Go sit back in your parish. It's a trap game. Yeah, yeah. Utah State has always upset people, but uh, I think Auburn's going to be putting a lot of teams on upset watch. I know I'm not. I don't expect them to win out even as an Auburn fan don't get me wrong there I'm not that much of a homer I still like to be pretty you know objective but it sounds like it. you know they're finally healthy at wide receiver they had their top three wide receivers hurt you know beginning of the season but here now they're all back and healthy the running game's clicking and Bowden Nix is maturing I think this could be a dangerous team they're still not my pick to win the SEC but I think this team is coming along, and I think this team's going to get a few upsets along the way because they still play Florida this upcoming week on the road. They still play LSU on the road after that. Then they play Georgia and Alabama. So they play four top ten teams, three in the top five, and I think they get two of those. Um, I don't know which ones are going to be. I have to see how this team progresses, but I think they get at least two of those, and I think Brandon could agree with that. He just doesn't know what to either. Maybe we'll, we'll we'll find out. Um, I think that, I think I think it's gonna be hard to beat Georgia. Um, I think they really will guys. Be, if I'm telling you guys, <laughs> if LSU went out that week, the preview the preview and recap episode of the LSU Auburn game is going to be the most awesome episode, depending on who wins, because <laughs> one of us is going to be the most depressed person in the world, and the other one is going to be talking more crap than this podcast can handle. Okay, for the sake of the podcast, let's hope LSU wins because Zach's <laughs> don't know that. Um, I'm very humble. I mean, not to brag, but I'm pretty humble. So that sounds be much more I'm listenable. <laughs> so, okay, I'm uh, on to my second performer of the week, uh, Justin. <laughs> Ohio State. Yo, quick, quick, quick question. So, whoever wins that matchup, I say we change the intro song to the podcast to the fight song of whatever team wins that matchup. I, th- I think we need a bigger bet than that, and I think we're going to find that out later on <laughs> sometime down the road. we got a couple weeks right. to work with here. All right. Like Let's one do of us it. is going to be it. like chopping off a hand or something. Um, All right. I'm but, down for it. <laughs> we, okay, so my second performer of the week is Justin Fields. Uh, how much explaining does this really need? I mean, they played Nebraska, I understand, but 
at the same time, I mean, it is their first Big Ten opponent of the year. Um, I'm not going to say Nebraska's good. I went on a whole tangent earlier. But he did go 15 for 21, uh, 71% completion, uh, 212 yards, three touchdowns, and just, I mean, seven. what would you say, 75 rushing yards for him too? Yeah. I mean, I mean, just crazy stats from this guy. So, um, Justin Fields, great quarterback. Uh, don't know what else to say. Nebraska sucks, I guess. So, <laughs> Uh, I guess I can't argue with you on that one. Um, but so my last top performer is Duke. There we go. Um, yeah, we haven't heard from them since, you know, they got slaughtered by Alabama in the first week of the season. They had a 45-10 to 10 win over Virginia Tech on the road in Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, that's, that's a beautiful win in my opinion. I, I think that is a heck of a win for Duke. Virginia Tech's not the best team this year, but for Duke to beat Virginia Tech, who has historically, you know, dominated Duke, heck of a win on the road. They're three and one on the season, only lost to Bama. Uh, they made a big statement in prime time, 422 total yards, completely clean game. I think Duke might be the second or third best team in the ACC right now. And so watch out for Duke in the coming weeks in the ACC, making a run maybe to the ACC championship. All right. And with my last top performer of the week, um, I have the bye week. Uh, the bye week is undefeated. We all know that. <laughs> the bye week this week truly did go undefeated. Um, I don't know who else had a bye. I do know that LSU had one. I didn't know what to do this Saturday. I went car shopping. Um, so, uh, bye week, top performer. Love it. Uh, can't get enough of it. I think this is actually one of the perfect times to have a bye week in the season. I'm sick of these week two buys. Those are insane. I'm looking at you, Notre Dame. I, I don't – okay. But, uh, the bye week's undefeated. So, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. We have uh, dumpster fires. And I'll go ahead and go with my dumpster fire first since you started out top performers. My dumpster fire is Rutgers. Oh, man, Rutgers, (laughs) not looking great. Um, Fun fact, Rutgers is in New Jersey. Uh, I know that most of our audience is in the South or in the Midwest, and so in case you didn't know, Rutgers is just basically the state college in New Jersey. Don't know why it couldn't be like the University of New Jersey or like New Jersey Tech or New Jersey State. They had to go with Rutgers. Um, and honestly, they might have to change their name after this week. They lost 52 to nothing to Michigan. Uh, not a great look. Um, I mean, they are a Big Ten team. Maybe not after this year, after this performance. I, I did see something interesting. So since Rutgers joined the Big Ten a couple of years ago, uh, there have been 19 shutouts within the Big Ten. Nine of those belong to Rutgers. Rutgers has scored zero points nine times since they've joined the Big Ten. Uh, I don't know how they got into the Big Ten. I don't know why they remain in the Big Ten. But if you're one in three and you just lost to Michigan, who got whooped up on by Wisconsin, a team that Zach has on his – actually, I had them on my hot seat, the whole state of Michigan last week, um, so that we should burn them down. So – I don't know what we had to do about Rutgers. I guess change their name or something. Like move them, just maybe annex them to a different country. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Like they haven't been good since like what Ray Rice. 
it's been a yeah and ray rice that's, before, not, that's not a good thing to brag about yeah before he started hitting women yeah um his bad track uh, record with elevators <laughs> Rutgers banned all elevators when he got on campus <laughs> <laughs> like everyone had to take the stairs everyone was pissed yeah. <laughs> oh lord because you know a stairwell is way safer than elevator guys anyway anyway um <laughs> so my my dumpster fire you know isn't abusive um but it's georgia tech wow uh they they are one in three this year with a win over usf who we just talked about got beat 49 to nothing by wisconsin and they only beat usf by four uh usf could also be in the segment they're not but I believe Charlie Strong was on my hot seat last week, so UCF isn't great. But they also have a loss to the Citadel at home. Yeah, I know, guys. Yeah, I didn't know the Citadel was a thing either. Uh, and I didn't know they played football. And They do, just not very well. Yeah, well, I don't know. They, they're the champs against Bama in the first half. But, uh, you know, they lost 24-2 to to Temple, guys. Yeah, one two again, guys. Uh, twenty four to two to Temple, and Temple's quarterback went nine for twenty two, one hundred and twenty seven yards and an interception. Those are the stats that put Georgia Tech down twenty four to two. Uh, they they were two for fourteen on third down and had three turnovers. Uh, Georgia Tech looks like straight garbage. And that is why they are my dumpster fire of the week. I I think the triple option is going to make a return, man. I mean, if they keep losing to teams like this, where they lose to the Citadel that only put up two points against Temple, I think the triple option is going to make a return. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I also want to put them in the dumpster fire range, but I'm a sucker for a good safety. And since those were (laughs) their only points in this game – I can't put them in the dumpster fire. I love a good safety. You never, get, you never get to see you it. See, you see, guys, Ray Rice puts y'all in danger. Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech brings y'all to safety. So, Ooh. so I would say, I would, okay, whatever, <laughs> whatever. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I, th- I still think I still think my dumpster fire is better. Everyone knows Rutgers sucks. Georgia Tech used to be very competitive, so I'm I'm still picking my dumpster fire over yours. No, I like your dumpster fire. The joke was bad. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm a fan of bad jokes, too. So, that's maybe it was a good joke. I don't know. I don't know, bro. I was a dad joke. Uh, not a father, but I guess I not, guess not that's my father. future. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's move on to our next segment, an all-new segment. We actually have two new segments this episode. Look at us. Good Lord. This episode was real. I mean, sorry. This segment is really just replacing uh, our top 15 segment, that one that just like would drag by for 45 minutes in every uh, recap episode where we just say our same exact top 15 for the, for the next week. Uh, so this new segment is called risers and movers. And basically all it is, is we're going to tell you what teams we think should move up, what teams we think should move down and what placements we think are uh, necessary for each team. You know, we're not going to go through all 15 or all 25. We're just going to name a few of them. Uh, so, Zach, why don't you even get us started? Yeah, so we're using our top 25s or, or top 15s like we usually do. So we each have a top 15 that we made, and we'll post it on social media after this episode is live. 
but we're just going to highlight what teams moved the most in ours, and then we'll talk about you know the real AP poll who who got screwed and who you know is way too high. But in my top fifteen poll, Penn State was the only team that moved more than two spots. I have Penn State moving three spots up to number eleven. Uh, I have them jumping Texas and Oregon, and it's because Penn State looked amazing. And you know until until Penn State loses I mean they're undefeated and Texas and Oregon both have a loss I mean they have two good losses but Penn State's undefeated so they get to move up and they are looking more and more impressive by the week so I'm going to move them up in the rankings because they deserve it yeah um, so the first team I'm going to talk about uh, I have Auburn moving up in my in my top 15 rankings Uh, I actually have them jumping Wisconsin they only moved one spot up for me but this Auburn team looks good. Uh, I may have jumped the gun a little bit on Wisconsin. I want to love Wisconsin. I really do. Uh, big, big, big 10 guy. If you know anything about me, you know, I love the big 10. And so I wanted Wisconsin up there with Ohio state. Um, but Auburn's just a great team. Um, you know, of course we're not going to see an Auburn Wisconsin matchup unless it's, you know, after the regular season this year, but I mean, I, I think Auburn truly, I mean, especially with Bo Nix clicking the way he is with their defense, just, I mean, playing the way they're playing, uh, I have to move, I have to give them props and I have to move them up one spot. Yeah. Uh, Auburn also moved up a spot in mine, but I'm not going to really address that. I'm going to talk about one more team because this is the only other team that moved more than one spot. So my top 15 stayed mostly the same. Oh, I have Oklahoma dropping two spots. You heard that. Completely correct. I have Oklahoma dropping two spots. That's insane. I have them dropping. I have them dropping to seven from five for me. Yeah, I have Ohio State and Auburn above Oklahoma. Real homer there. No, it's not homer. Okay, Come so on. if we look at the strength of schedule, Auburn and Ohio State have played better teams than Oklahoma have. If the teams on Oklahoma schedule played the teams on Ohio State and Auburn schedule, I would pick Auburn Ohio State schedule in almost all of them. I'm gonna put some clown music or like some some like circus music in behind you <laughs> during this segment. Oh man, it's all good. It is all good. I mean, I, I need to see Oklahoma play somebody. I really do. It's all funny good when you can put up points against UCLA, who is absolutely garbage, and Texas Tech, who can't muster a hundred yards passing barely. So until further notice, Oklahoma has not played as well as Auburn and Ohio State or the a talent. So those two teams move above Oklahoma because I'm treating this more like a power rankings. Last year should not matter in these rankings, which is why I'm so high on teams like LSU and Georgia. Yeah. Um, I really don't have any other teams that moved a ton in my top 15. Uh, but I do want to talk about the AP top 25 poll, um, which is just a mess, honestly. Um, we've got – Ohio State, this is my biggest story of, of the week, I guess. <laughs> Ohio State moving up into the top four after this week is absolute – I mean, this is crazy town. I don't know what else to say. Uh, you beat Nebraska, and then all of a sudden the AP voters want to just give you every single vote. They actually had first place votes. Did you see that? Yeah. They had first place votes after they beat they Nebraska. They had seven. They had, they had more than Georgia. Oh, this is – uh, and I understand Clemson moving down a spot. I mean, I don't No. I don't no. necessarily. Come on. No. Come on. 
I mean, North Carolina has a. I mean, they lost two tough. They they did lose two games, and I I believe I talked about it last episode where they they looked very unimpressive. Yeah, we, we, we were talking. They, they dude, they had a home game and they got to play the number one team in the country. You're getting everybody's best shot. But my argument isn't that you know it wasn't an impressive win because it really wasn't. But it's survive and escape every week and. You're telling me that Alabama has played more impressive teams and looked more impressive than Clemson? No, but they haven't almost lost to North Carolina. It doesn't matter. North Carolina's beating Ole Miss. I agree. Okay. okay. North Carolina's beating Duke. Maybe. Let's not jump the gun on that. Oh, oh, man. Duke looks so fast in those all black uniforms. Don't tell me they don't. (laughs) It looks so fast. That's great, but I'm telling you, man, if anyone should have jumped Clemson, it should have been LSU or Georgia. I mean, listen, I'm not ever going to put LSU at my number one in this list. That's just – I'm going to go ahead and tell you all that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not a homer like Zach. I won't do that kind of stuff. So, I I, I'm, I, I don't know. Clemson's still number one in my list. I'm, I, I, I couldn't muster up the energy to put them at number two. I couldn't put Alabama at number one yet, especially if Clemson hasn't lost. But I get it, is what I'm saying. Like I understand how the AP voters have Alabama at number one now. Clemson no. also blew a game to North Carolina. And honestly, North Carolina very easily could have won this game. Um, I think the right call was the two-point conversion at the end of the game. I don't see North Carolina winning this game in overtime. But it's, you know, they – Clemson's defense stepped up when they had to at that point, I guess. I guess they decided to show That's up. That's what I was saying. Like, I, they made the plays to win the game, man. I don't understand how you yeah, can they, they made down. They made the play to win the game, yes. I agree. It's, uh, that's whatever. Uh, however you want to word it. And then my other, I guess, argument, okay. So, why? how did Notre Dame jump Florida? What? In, in the AP poll. Oh, because Florida's bad. No, 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 no. Florida's five and zero. So bad. But Flo- Florida is still five and zero. It has not Zach. lost the game. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so, so, so no, no, no. You just you, no, no, no. I need to call you out for a second. You just talked about how Alabama hasn't played anybody. And yeah, but I'm not putting a one loss team over Alabama. Undefeated team, an undefeated team that was that was you know already in front of a one-loss team should not like they beat virginia bro like virginia let me, I, but, let me ask you this where where do you have florida ranked in your top 15 nine where do you have notre dame ranked 10 and where do you have penn state ranked 11 okay penn state's undefeated why are they behind yeah notre but dame? but hang on hang on hang on penn state started outside the top 15 and was not ranked above Notre Dame at any point in time. Zach, so therefore, is- the argument is invalid, bro. Okay, so listen. Okay, so so <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. So so last week, if Notre Dame would have dropped and still been ahead of Florida, I would have had no problem with it because that would have been the AP AP voter saying, "I think a one loss Notre Dame team is better than Florida." They dropped them below Florida, correct? Okay. Last week. And Florida won thirty-eight to nothing. They did not play a team oh, yes, of caliber. Thompson. Okay, they didn't play a team of caliber. Virginia, Notre Dame was losing at halftime and pulled out a win. That's great. What? Why did they get to jump Florida again? If you really thought that team was better than Florida, you should have kept them ahead of them last week. 
That's all I'm saying. I was like, you got to be consistent with your voting. Okay. I mean, listen, I, I'm down for dogging the AP voters. Um, <laughs> I get it. And I, hold on. Let me make this note real quick. Uh, put circus music behind Zach again. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> Any more thoughts on your talk? I mean, do you have anything else? Uh, I, that's all I had. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I just – there's just there's just a few things I don't know, I, I I feel like they're very inconsistent with how they rank, you know, like performances. I don't know. I I think the AP voters got a lot of problems. Yeah, and that's why I, the AP's not what they use for. I mean, that's why they have the college football rankings that are coming out. Soon. Those those should they should come out very soon because this is ridiculous. Because there's no way Ohio State should be above LSU. No, no, there's that's. I'm not even trying to be like an LSU fan right now. I mean, I am, but I'm not. I'm not saying that LSU should be above Ohio State because of that, because they are LSU. I'm saying that because Ohio State literally is. I mean, look at strength of schedule. I mean, I'm not even saying yeah. LSU's played a ton of good teams. They they, they beat Texas. Um, you know, coming up, they'll you know they'll have a couple more good teams to play. But Ohio State played Nebraska. I mean, that's the best team they've played so far. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, AP voters, get your stuff together. Yeah, well, hey, we'll come after you like we're coming after the calculus account, like we came after Apple. Like, I don't, we're coming after a couple other people. I can't remember at the moment. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and move on to hot seat. Uh, Zach, who's your hot seat this week? Chip Kelly, guys. Uh oh. He is making a return, a return to the hot seat for the. Ah uh, man, I don't even know what to call them. Uh there's just so many words. Clown. So, yeah, yeah. So this is where you should put the clown music. You should just put a. We were supposed <laughs> a big picture of Chip Kelly dressed like a clown. Post the big time. So they're they're a week out from making the comeback of the year over Washington State, but they suffered another loss to Arizona, where they allowed 451 yards and the offense just couldn't keep up. They lost 20 to 17, guys. That's how far their offense couldn't keep up. And so this, they fall to one and four this year, and they still have games against Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, USC, and Cal. All those teams have been ranked at some point this year. And in case you're doing the math, if they lose all those games, that is a two and ten year for Chip Kelly. Not a great look for Chip Kelly, a coach that oh, was in the NFL just a couple of years ago. That's what I'm saying. And he almost won a national championship with Oregon. Yeah. He almost won two. Yeah. Oh, man. And, guys, if you think it's getting better, if we have some weird UCLA fan that listens to us, it's not getting better. Turn it off. Uh, yeah. Uh, all this data from 247. On 247 Sports, the, their recruiting class is ranked 76th in the nation, which is best, which is good for 10th in the Pac-12, guys. Ooh. That is That's rough. the bottom half. That's the bottom half of the country. Not great. Yeah. Not great do you know how many – do you guys want to know how many commits they have? Ten. No. Oh. Whoa. Clemson has like and ten five-star commits. That's, 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 that's crazy part. Most, most teams with the early sign-in period already have their recruiting classes filled. Yeah. To the most part. I know off the top of my head that Auburn, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Texas, LSU all have over 20. Oh, yeah. And – 
their highest ranked recruit is a quarterback, a six seven quarterback. That sounds all fine and good, but he's ranked two hundred and thirty fifth overall. They don't even have a top two hundred recruit. This is going to get ugly for Chip Kelly before it gets any better. And if he makes it out of this year, I think they're going to be even worse next year. And Chip Kelly is going to go down in history as one. Like, I I don't understand how he left Oregon for the NFL. Man, he came back and took this job. This is this has been a hot seat dumpster fire, whatever you want to call it, since he got here. Last year they went three and nine. They might have a two and ten year this year. it, just no way, man. There's just no way this works. So we're going to start the hashtag save UCLA. You know, you figure with all the smart people at UCLA, they would understand that this this isn't working. But, you know, it's going to take them some time, guys. So hot seat, Chip Kelly, hashtag save UCLA. And with my hot seat, we're going to stay in the same exact city, Los Angeles. And I have sources close to me. That's right. We have sources. It's insane. Saying – that USC boosters are not happy with Clay Helton's performance as head coach um, and to be watching for one certain uh, retired college football coach to take over the reins uh, as early as the first, uh, the first week of the offseason this next year. Yes, that's right. Clay Helton is on my hot seat again. That's what me and Zach do best. We play the hits. You know, If something goes good, we're going to keep it going over and over until the end of time. So, Clay Helton, you need to be fired. Urban Meyer, we're going to call you up tomorrow. I don't. It's crazy that I have an inside source now, Zach. I, I don't understand it. I do. Um, Clay Helton's going to be fired. This isn't even a hot seat. This is just Brandon's breaking news hour. Mm, not, um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm impressed that you have sources as well. So, you know, I guess, guys, I guess I got to step up as the analytics guy. I should be the one that – you know, has sources, but I mean, my sources, <laughs> I'm not going to say how credible they are, but you know, they are, they are sources. Um, <laughs> Here's your bookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm retired, Zach. Come on. People forget that. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, with our final segment of the day, oh, my bookie <laughs> with the final segment, <laughs> <laughs> we have a brand new segment called look good, play good. Um, that's right. We're very corny on this podcast. We love it, though. It's International (laughs) Podcast Day. Send us a big thank you. Look Good, Play Good is basically – this is just a moment for me and Zach to look back on the past weekend, reflect on the uniforms um, that certain programs wore on the past weekend, and give praise to those teams for making college football great Uh, and really easy on the eyes especially. And so I'll go ahead and start since you started the last segment. I have got Pitt as my look good, play good of the week. This is a really good segment to do on a podcast because, you know, of how well <laughs> you can see the uniforms that we're looking at. So, um, Pitt this year. Yeah, uh, bad radio. But uh, Pitt this year has reverted back to their classic uniforms, their classic color combination, uh, which is. Uh, this is so man. I thought this would be. I thought this would go a lot better than it is. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry about this segment. We'll see how long this one lasts. Um, so they've got. Uh, this is this is Brandon's try to explain colors as best as he can segment. 
It has like I guess it's like a royal blue uniform or like royal blue jersey <laughs> with, with yellow numbers, a yellow helmet, the, the blue pit, yellow pants with a blue white stripe. They look good. Go look it up. I don't know, Zach. What's guys, <laughs> guys, we're gonna post. So, like, well, so this is just a segment. We're gonna post the uniforms on our all our social media, so you guys can definitely go check this out. <laughs> This is just going to be a short in segment just so you guys know what teams to look for each week as new uniforms come out. So mine is Ole Miss with the baby blue helmets with the red details on them. They are fire. Um, I'd, like I to add, wait to- I'd like to add that any grown man that uses the words baby blue in a sentence <laughs> is automatically my best friend. <laughs> I mean, man, it, they got the baby blue helmets with the red lettering with the white jerseys. And, oh, man, they got the gray pants with it. Amazing, guys. Go check, check out the Ole Miss uniforms from this week against Alabama. We're going to post these uniforms on our social media. We wanted to try this out. This might just end up being like a social media thing where me and Brandon both post our uniforms of the week. But we're going to try it out and just let you guys, like, maybe just talk about it real quick. But, uh so we don't know if this is going to stick on the podcast, but definitely be on the lookout at social media for us to post these uniforms each week as, you know, the must-see uniforms of, of the, the weeks ahead because teams roll out new uniforms every week. I know K-State's rolling out new uniforms this week, and teams like Oregon roll out new uniforms every three days. So, you know, we have a lot of choices. Yeah, I'll probably just like – for my next one, I'm just going to be like – uh, Penn State's uniforms just like because they never change it so it's always the same it's just navy blue jerseys and a white helmet those um, are great uniforms no they're good uniforms but they're just like they're they're always the same I feel like the point of this segment is to choose new uniforms but I'm just going to go with like classic uniforms like every single time <laughs> Let's keep people on their toes so, so yeah guys so, so yeah guys definitely look out for uh, the uniform post on Instagram Facebook Twitter all those social medias yeah, so that's our episode. Um, this is our recap. Sorry we're posting a day late. Um, uh, I got sick. Uh, I couldn't record last night. I tried my hardest. Uh, could not record, but here we are. We're a day late, but we will roll out our next episode. Um, it'll be out for Thursday, so watch out for that. Um, I, I hope it's out on Thursday because if it's not, this is going to be really awkward. Uh, so no, it, it's definitely going to be out on Thursday, guys. Um, you know, we're, we're probably going to introduce some new segments. You know, our preview episodes are usually amazing. We have a lot of good games this week. You know, some big matchups. I, we have we even have a top ten matchup. So you know, this is going to be a big weekend of college football. So we're going to bring you guys all the updates and previews of week six biggest games. Yeah, for sure. Um, Zach, go ahead and plug our social media, if you will. Yeah, guys. So, um, our, 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 if you're already following us on social media, uh, shout out to you guys. But if, if not, definitely go check out our Instagram. It is at the underscore blue bloods. Uh, you can find, like, we post on there just about every single day. Uh, so be on the lookout for everything regarding all that stuff. And then, you can follow us on Facebook at at the Blue Bloods Pod. 
we post on there just as much. So always stay up to date. Uh, it has links to our Apple podcast page. You know, we're working on getting a website up. So we'll plug that when we get that up and running. And then our Twitter, um, we're, this is the one we're, we're just now kind of getting up and running. So stay, uh, please stay updated on that. It is at the underscore underscore blue bloods because of the dreaded calculus account that you guys all heard about. So we're not going to kill on all that stuff. We'll we'll rough them up a good bit. (laughs) But yeah, we're working on a podcast, uh, a podcast website where you can go there, find all our, uh, all our, you know, episodes and where to listen and links to all our different, I guess, pages on these different accounts like Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that. We will get that. I will promote that all over social media when that gets up and running and we'll tell y'all what the handle is and everything on, um, the episode where that goes live. So we're trying to make it a really good website. So it might take a little bit more time than we were expecting, but we're going to make a dope website for you guys. So just be on the lookout. Yeah. Be on the lookout. Um, and, and go ahead and subscribe to us uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, if that's on Spotify, if that's on iTunes, if that's on Google Podcasts, we're available on every single platform, or at least all the ones that I know of. Um, I'm not very smart, so maybe we're not, but I think we are. Uh, so go ahead. You know, if you're giving us a listen, might as well subscribe. It's free. So uh, do <laughs> yeah. that. And on Apple Podcasts, guys, I think that's the only platform you can review podcasts on. Definitely go leave us a review. We always like to hear stuff, see what we can improve on. Uh, if you love the podcast, please leave us a five-star review. All it does is help us make our make our confidence go up and our big heads get even bigger. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep trying to bring you guys more content. We've talked about a lot of different things. We have a lot of new ideas on the way. It's a long season, and no, this is only the first I guess season we've done this podcast. So. Just be on the lookout. We're going to have a lot more new stuff rolling out. And once we get the website up, we're really going to look into getting some merch. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Come scoop all that up. Uh, We'll probably have some specials at first where we give away some free stuff uh, based on a few things. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Keep listening. Keep subscribing. And that's a wrap.